You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Okay, so um, I'm very excited this morning. Um, You know, I don't know if you know that song, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Okay, so I'm not going to say a lot, but I'm going to quote a lot of scriptures. So today you will be blessed by the word of God. It's not me. So please don't look at me. Don't listen to me. I'm not a preacher. I'm not yeah, what you may think I am. But um, it's the word of God that's going to change us. And that's what you must listen to. And you're going to hear a lot of scriptures. So the, the message this morning is really don't settle for less. And it is something that I've experienced in my life. And it's something that the Lord is working with me and um, also laid on my heart to share with you this morning. Do not settle for less. And there's six basic points that we're going to look at to remind us of who we are in Christ. Now, the first one you may think, oh, you know, we passed that point, but hear me out. The first one is the word of God. Um, if I say do not settle for less, it means that you're not going to settle for something that is worth less than what is in store for you. Okay. Now, this word of God, everything is here. That was, by the way, our our, um, scripture this morning in our group four, that we've got everything. Everything is in the word of God. Okay. So do not settle for anything less than what is here. In John 1, this 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. So again, this entire scripture is given to us. We can't take anything out. We also read in Psalm 190, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Isn't that amazing? It's settled in heaven, meaning no human being can change it. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was written by men, but with the Holy Spirit. And it will not change. So anyone who's saying, but we li- live in the modern times, you know, it's, 90, it's 2022. <laughs> it's 2022. You know, the Bible was written in the biblical times. No, it's settled in heaven. We can't change it. It is what it is. Hebrews 13 verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever okay and he's the word so that's the first point that i want to make is we have to take all of it it's all given for us and we should not settle for anything less than what we see there now there's two specific things that i want to highlight the first one is that the word of god is given to sanctify us john 17 17 says sanctify them by your truth your word is truth what does sanctify mean? It means to purify, it means to improve, to, to bless, to, to, to go better. So we can't just have a word, we must use it to sanctify every day. A thousand of times when the enemy tries and attack us, we have to use this word to sanctify ourselves. And the second one is, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. The truth shall be thy shield and buckler. That is Psalm 91 verse 4. It shall be our shield and buckler. Now, in the old times, in the biblical times, they had a shield about 45 centimeters um, in diameter, and they kept it to protect themselves from the darts of the enemy. 
So that's what the word of God is. It's our shield to protect us. It's our weapon. But it's also something that we use to, to purify ourselves. And John 8 verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Nothing else. Not this world. Not the politicians. Not the doctor. Not your boss. Not even a family member or a friend or your spouse. The truth shall set you free. So anything other than this is not from God. And then one last point before I move to the second point is that this entire word is given to us, not just a portion of it. You know, sometimes people say, yeah, but you know, that is not really for us. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17 say, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you want to be thoroughly equipped, then all scripture, from page one to the very last page in this book. And yes, even the Old <coughs> Testament. I mean, in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 6, it says, it says, now these things became our examples. And if you go and read a bit more in 1 Corinthians 10, it describes everything <coughs> that happened with Israel, like from Moses and, and everything. So it, it pulls those examples from the Old Testament. And it said, all these things are given as examples for us. So that we don't have to make the same mistakes and that we can learn from it. So that is the first point, is that the word of God is there for us. Remember that the title here is do not settle for less. The second point that I want to make is that this world is a fallen place. And we live here. We live in enemy territory every day of our lives. In John 5 verse 19 it says, We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we live in this world. We live under the rule of the wicked one. And he will tempt us and he will try and steal and destroy and kill. Remember John 10 verse 10? The enemy, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And then also John 14 30. I will no longer, this is Jesus speaking, I will no longer much, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he is nothing in me. <coughs> so we live in this fallen world where the enemy rules and where he will attack us and try to destroy and kill. But we've got the word of God, we're not alone. He also said in John 16:33 that we will have tribulations. It will not be an easy ride. There will be trials and tribulations. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So isn't that amazing? We've got the word of God, we've got Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit. But we will have trials and tribulations on this earth. We will undergo suffering on this earth because it is ruled by the wicked one. I just want to remind you of two things, um, two times that the devil really tempted Christians. The first one was when he tempted Jesus. And you all know that part in Matthew 4 verse 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God... Command that these stones become bread. 
but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now can you see how Jesus addressed this? It is written. He didn't go in any arguments. He didn't go and talk to other people. He knew what is the truth. And it's the truth that will set you free. And he said to the devil, it is written. Then the devil took him, this is now a second time, up into the holy city, set him up on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. I mean, even the devil quotes sometimes scripture. For it is written, if you are, um, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I've given to you, or I will give to you, fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written. So this is really just an example that we've got it. We've got the armor. You know, we've got the weapon. We've got the word of, of God. Christ, let's use it. Let's not look at earthly things in terms of how we're going to overcome all these trials and tribulations that we are faced with on a daily basis. And then a very interesting one that I only actually saw like in the last couple of months. And that was um, Peter. Now, I mean, we all know Peter. What an amazing man of God. And I'm going to read from Matthew 6, verse 13 to 17. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now listen to this. Jesus answered and said to, them, said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is a revelation that a son of God got from the Father. Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, for my Father in heaven revealed this to you. That was verse 17. I'm reading from verse 21 now. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter just got a revelation from, the, from God. Four verses later, he took Jesus aside and he rebuked him. And he said, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God. So why do I want to give these two examples? The first was, if Jesus were tempted by the evil one, the wicked one, why will we not be? But how did he use it? How did he, how did he counter it? He used the word of God. It is written. Secondly, Peter was a son of I mean, he was, he was really a, a son of God. I mean, he was a child of God. And he got a revelation, and just thereafter, yeah. he, he, was, he opened himself for the, for the devil to work through him. So let's never think we Christians, we're so good, you know, it will not happen with us. Mm -hmm. We live in the world that is ruled by the wicked one. Mm -hmm. 
and we have to be really be aware and be alert. So the first one was we've got the word of God. The second one is we live in a fallen world ruled by the enemy. So now, and that John also said this morning, we have to take action. And that's my third point is choose. You have to choose. And no decision is a decision, but it's up to you. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, as if it's difficult. Choose life, that both you and thy seed may live. Each and every one of us have to choose, and we have to choose on a daily basis, probably a thousand times. This is not a once-off thing. This is not something that when I gave my heart to Jesus and now it's done and dusted because I live in an enemy world and he will attack me a thousand times a day. I experience that. I don't know. Does any of you experience that the enemy is attacking you every day a couple of times? And you have to choose. In that moment, you have to choose whether you're going to accept it, be deceived, be cheated, or are you going to stand up and say, enough is enough. It is written. I'm a child of God and whatever it is that he attack you with. Joshua said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What do you say? I say today, I will serve the Lord. And God, please remind me through the Holy Spirit every time when I'm settling for less, that I will stand up. I just want to remind you of this beautiful scripture in Isaiah 61, this one to three. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to preach good things to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Can you see the word, the world, the word, the world? that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified, that he may be glorified. Isn't that amazing? That is what is planned for us. We will get a spirit of heaviness. That's what the devil is going to attack us with. He will attack us with ashes, but God changed it into beauty. And that's what we need to remember who we are in Christ. Stand on the word. Fight back by saying it is written. Have we accepted the sin in this world? Have we become like this world? It's so easy because we're confronted with that 24-7. Have you accepted? People sometimes telling you, you, you need to adjust. It's 2022, you know. God may have said, I made man and I made woman, male and female. What is this world saying today? Have we accepted that or do we stand out? Do we make a choice every second of the day to stand up for the truth or do we blend in? Colossians 2 this 8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men and according to the basic principles of this world. That's where we are now. The basic principles of this world is to open up to be flexible, to love, not to judge, to change, to accept, to adapt, to conform. That's what the world is asking from us. 
that Colossians 2 verse 8 said, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. So again, do we make a choice? Do we stand up? Um, we should feel uncomfortable in this world. Do you agree with that? Because if we feel like we fit in, it means like we're the same. You know, <coughs> they accepted us. We, we're the same. But as Christians, we need to stand out. You need to, you need to make a stand. You need to be the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? It brings flavor. So it's a bland world. It's blend. I mean, it's, 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 there's no taste in it. But when the salt comes in it, it flavors it. It makes it amazing. And the same with the light on the stand, not under a bucket. So we are not here to fit in. We are not here to say, I just don't want to cause disruption. I just rather go with the flow. I just rather keep quiet here or move out of the room. No, we're here to make a stand in our workplace, in our family, in our houses, with our friends. We have to make a stand. If we're not going to do it, who will do it? If we're just going to accept what this world is bringing. <coughs> About three weeks ago, I went to Cape Town, and the Friday morning early when I was taking off um, from Oliver Tambu, um, you know, just as you take off, you could see the city very clearly, and all the, like, the buildings, you know, the, that big one, Price Waterhouse Coopers in Sunning Hill, and you could see the Leonardo in Sandton. But as we rise up, just a little bit higher, I suddenly could hardly recognize all those buildings that you would norm normally recognize because there was so much pollution, okay? There was like a layer of smoke over the city that I really found trouble to try and identify where exactly are we now over Joburg. And the Holy Spirit speak to me and said to me, we are living in a world full of pollution. And the only time when we will actually see it is if we rise up, connect with God, see the truth, and then we can come back and we can be the salt of the earth. And we can bring the change. But if you never rise up, if you're always going to be, you know, I mean, I didn't know I'm breathing in so much smoke in Sunning Hill. It looks so nice, you know, when you look around, it looks so beautiful. But rise up and look what's lying over us and what are we breathing. But you only know that when you connect with God, when you read the Bible, when you spend time, when you let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Then is when you actually see what's happening here. And then again, my question, do we fit in or do we stand out? We have to choose. To keep it to the airport example, that day the Lord was speaking to me. And I also want to use the example of an air controller. You know, the air controller decide who's going to land on this airport and who <coughs> not. You agree? Yeah. And think of a very busy, I don't know which is the busiest airport in the world, if it's Heathrow or something maybe in Japan, Tokyo or... New York, but there's so many planes that want to come and land, but the air controller decide which ones will land, and also the order. Now, in the spiritual realm, there's so many planes in our airspace, in the spiritual realm, and you have to decide which ones are you going to allow to land, and which ones are you going to say, take a hike, pass, I'm not going to allow you to land. Are you listening to CNN and BBC and SABC news? And I'm not against news, I love news. But are you filling yourself so up with the 
bad things that's happening in the world and to, to, stay, to stay up to date with, you know, how terrible it is currently in this world. How the economy of all the, the entire world economy is like taking a dive. Where there's war, where there's things that are just going backwards and where you start thinking, gee, how will I live? Will my retirement fund be enough? How am I going to provide for my children, for university, for school fees? Will I be healthy? If you listen to the World Health Organization and CDC and SAPRA and all these other health organizations, you may ask yourself, how am I going to stay healthy in a pandemic, in everything that's going on around me? Are you going to let those planes land on your, in your airport? Is that what you're going to think about and talk about? Or are you going to say, it is written, I will be protected, my God will provide, I'm healed by his stripes. Can you see how we have to make that practical choice? We can't just listen and accept everything. We have to stand out. We have to go back. It is written. What is in that word? Because that is what's going to change it for us. My fourth point is to renew your mind. And I mean, the Holy Spirit already spoke to Emil, so he did that last week, and John also did it this morning. So I'm really just going to touch on it. But it is like, how do we do it? We renew our mind. And, and this beautiful scripture of Romans 12 too, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be proof what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we can't, we can't conform. We can't look like everyone else around us. It has to be uncomfortable for us. We have to stand out. We have to make the choice on a daily basis. Who of you have ever heard of the boiling frog syndrome? Mm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so those of you who haven't, the boiling frog syndrome is something that I don't know, many years ago they, they taught us, you know, as an example at university. It's that when you, when you put a frog in water, in like cold water, and you just heat it up slowly and slowly and slowly, and it gets warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer, and later it's almost like boiling. And the frog just kind of adapts and adapts and adapts, and he stays in it, and he will cook because he adapts well if you take the frog from outside and you throw him into that hot water he will jump out immediately because it's that's not you know that's not he can't tolerate that it's not acceptable and I want to remind you and, and urge you not to become like the boiling frog syndrome to become so used to this pollution and this debris and this smoke that we're living in that we don't jump out you have to be different. You have to understand this enemy world that we're living in. It's a dangerous world. But you know, we don't need to be afraid because we've got it all. It is written. We've got it all. But in, again, what we discussed this morning in the prayer meeting, we have to study this. We have to have the knowledge. If you don't have this knowledge, what are you going to do? You will not know that you are deceived. deceived. So on the Renew Your Mind, it's really important that we must pu put on the, the, armen, the armor of God. The, the, you know, we've got weapons and it's not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities <coughs> of this world. But very important also that we must bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. If you watch that news and you're like, look, where's the world going? If you look at the reports of COVID or whatever it may be, are you like, I don't know. You know, there's a preacher, Andrew Womack, who teaches on healing, and he says the doctor's report is not the last report. Isn't that beautiful? Because the Word of God, that is the final report. What does God say about healing? 
but do we counter it or do we just accept when the clever people of this world, and I'm not against clever people, please, not at all, but do we accept that if it contradicts what's in the word or do we say I make a choice because there's the world, there's the word and I make a choice, I will renew my mind. Proverbs 3, uh, 23, the 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And 18 verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what do you speak? What do you think? The fifth point is my identity in Christ. And remember, we are just here temporarily. Thank God for that. Okay? We're just ambassadors. So if we read 1 Corinthians 5 verse 17 and verse 20, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. God pleading through us. I mean, that's the vessel that we need to be. You know, that's an ambassador that God will work through me. Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are his workmanship. Isn't that beautiful? Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Isn't that amazing? That's my identity in Christ. Not a spirit of fear, but of power. Because I'm the daughter of the Most High. And I stand on the Word of God. And I will not bow to this enemy Romans 8 verse 37 to 39 yet in all these things we are more than conquerors <laughs> you're more than a conqueror do you act like more than a conqueror or do you act like oh I'm just going to sit here and wait until it passes, or do you say no I'm putting on the armor of God I will not settle for less for I am persuaded that neither death, look at this, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Amen. I mean, that's, uh, that is just amazing. <coughs> that's the God that I serve. That's the God that you serve. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Full stop. But do we act like it? Do we renew our mind to remember who we are in Christ? Or do we breathe in this pollution and the smoke and just kind of adapt like the frog? 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there's one translation who actually say we are a peculiar people. We're weird, you know, we're strange, because we don't fit in. We're different. We're the salt. We're different. This is so beautiful. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16. You can close your eyes if you listen to this one. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were there were none of them. Isn't that beautiful? That is God saying that about you. He knows you so well. Before you were even made. Where you were like a substance un, unformed, you know, you can't even see what it is. He knew you. He know, he know me. And he know the days of our lives and the plans and the calling on our lives. That's my identity in Christ. My God knows me. He's got a plan for me. He wants abundance for me. That's my identity. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That is my identity. And I will not accept for less. Because if I accept anything less than healing, it means I'm settling for something less, worth less than what is in store for me. Jesus has died for us. He can't do anything more. It's now for me to take a choice, to make that decision and say, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Yes, I live in a fallen world where I'm attacked on a daily basis a million times by this world and the cleverness of this world and the solutions of this world. But I will not fit in. I will say it is written. Point six. Biblical truth trumps worldly facts. And here I'm just going to remind you of amazing things in the word of God. The first one is that he makes a way where there is no way. So let's go back to Moses and the Israelites and when they fled Egypt. Can you remember when they got to the Red Sea? And it's the Red Sea in front of them and it's the Egypts and the chariots and the you know, horses and soldiers coming behind them and they were so afraid and they cried out to the Lord and the Lord spoke to Moses and said stretch out your hand over the Red Sea and what happened a strong wind came and it parted the sea that the water was like a wall on the left and the right hand side and they walked through on dry ground now a worldly fact say that's impossible but God say, I will make a way where there is no way. You may be in a situation today where you say it's impossible. This thing that I'm facing, it's impossible. There's no way. Well, truth trumps fact. When you stand on the word of God, there is a way. The next one is, the, you all remember in the New Testament, the, um, the example of the man with leprosy. So um, leprosy in the biblical times couldn't be healed. It was incurable. I think it's probably only about the, the 20th century that they could find the multi-drug therapy that after months of treatment, like 6 to 12 months of treatment, they can actually help you. But I'm talking now about the 20th century. And that is only if you detect it early. Because if you don't detect it early, there will be permanent impact on your skin, your eyes, your limbs, your nervous system. You know, it's bad news. Now we're talking about the biblical times where they didn't have all these things. And the man with leprosy said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus said, I'm willing, be cleansed. He died for us. It's written, 
by stripes you are healed physical mental doesn't matter what it is he's willing be cleansed you have to stand on the word of God don't settle for less don't settle for less the next example is <laughs> Lazarus, you know, raised from the dead. I mean, again, a fact is if you're dead, you're dead, right? But God, if he calls you and said, Lazarus, come forth, he stood up and he was alive. And Martha actually said he's dead already for four days. There was a stench. But biblical truths trump worldly facts. Sarah couldn't have a child. But God promised you will have a nation, Abraham. And in the time, she did conceive and she did bore a child. Isn't that amazing? Again, if God speaks, don't look at the worldly facts. Don't think your problem is too big. Yes, we live in enemy world, but Jesus has overcome. Can you remember that scripture? He overcome. Um, something may seem impossible for you. Can you remember Jericho? It was promised for Israel. They got there, but the city was so strong. The walls were so strong. They couldn't get in. It was shut down. No one could get out. No one could go in. But I want to read to you what happened. Joshua 6 verse 16 to 20. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord has given you the city. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fall down flat. Now that's not a fact. I mean, yeah, it's now a fact because it happened, but a fact of this world will say it, it can't happen. You shouting will not make this wall fall in. But God's word is stronger than this world and his truths trump this worldly facts last example is that God can protect us despite worldly rules and this I want to bring also as an example sometimes maybe even in your work environment maybe in your family maybe it doesn't matter where it is where you live you know sometimes there's people plotting against you for whatever reason and there may be jealousy there may be I don't know whatever reason and they plot against you they set you up like a knife in the back you may not even be aware of it now I want to remind you of what happened with Daniel and when the advisors and the scribes plotted against him because they were jealous of him and they went to King Darius and they said please sign this degree that for 30 days no one should worship their own God that only you and King Darius thought oh, you know this sounds great and he signed it not knowing because remember he actually loved um, Daniel but Daniel was a faithful servant and he never bowed down. He never changed. Can you think of all the reasons that he could have thought up in terms of adjusting in this world? Because he was not in Israel. He was not in his own country. He was now in a different country. He could have said, you know what? Let me rather blend in. Let me not disrupt things now. Let me not put too much attention on me because this is a wicked country. Let me just go with the flow. He did none of that. He stayed truthful to God. And he worshipped him, even with this decree. He said, I don't care. My God is stronger. So they did capture him, and they did throw him in the lion den, where the lions were starved. But because he was a faithful servant, and loved God, and God loved him, God closed the mouths of the lions, and he was not harmed. 
The fact is, the lion will attack you and will kill you. The truth is, if God is with you and protects you, and you his child, it will not happen. Truth trumps fact. And when they throw in his accusers, they were attacked immediately and they died. So I'm, I'm closing down um, to remind you of Hosea 4, the 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I really want to encourage myself and all of you to say, read the word. Find, find the truth. Do not settle for less. You have the word of God, but you live in this fallen world. Find the truth. Remember your identity in Christ. Galatians 1 verse 6 to 12. I mean, just listen to what, he's saying, what um, Paul is saying here. I marveled that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. I mean, you know, we're talking of biblical times here where everything happened with Jesus. And so soon after that, Paul had to say, I marvel that you are turning away so soon. Let that not be said of us, that we, that we accepted Jesus, but we turned away so quickly because other people wanted to pervert the word of God. Let us stand up. Let us make that choice. Ephesians 6 verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And what is that wiles? It's tricks and deceits. The devil has no power over you and me other than that we are going to give to him. He's a deceiver, yeah. He's a master deceiver. But he can't do anything against me unless I allow him and accept his lies. Make a choice today to say, I'm going to stand on the word of God. 1 Peter 5 verse 9, resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So yes, we will be attacked, but we have to resist. A hundred times a day, but we're not alone. We've got the Holy Spirit, we've got the word of God. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. And that watch means be alert, be alert, rise up, look down, see the pollution, see the smoke and take a stand. He didn't die for us for nothing. So let us accept what he has done for us. You can close your eyes. Um, I'm going to do a short prayer <coughs> and um, you can all stay seated, but then I'm going to invite you. And if, you, if that speaks to you, then you can stand when I do that. So let's, let's pray and the prayer is going to be from Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling 
What are the riches or the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Thank you, Lord. I want anyone who feel that this message this morning has spoken into your heart. Maybe you say you want to make a choice to stand on the word of God and on the promises of God, then stand up. Maybe you say today, I don't want to settle for less. For too long, I've settled for less. I settled for this world. Then stand up. Maybe you say, I will not conform to this world. I will transform. I will stand on the word of God. I will say, it is written. Maybe you say, God, I want to spend more time in your word so that I can gain more knowledge about what is my inheritance because you've done it all. Then stand up. Maybe you say, Holy Spirit, just remind me of who I am in Christ. I've given my heart to you, but so often I forget who I am in Christ. And as the muses are playing, I want you, there where you stand, to connect with God and start praying and open your heart to Him, you yourself. This is an action you have to take. Invite Him into your life. Ask Him what you need to ask Him. thank you that you've sent your only begotten son to die for us and you've raised him up and he's alive and he has overcome this world thank you that you love us so much that you blessed us with all spiritual blessings that you want us to be to have health that you want us to be protected you guide us, you provide for us, you're there for us every day. Help us to remember that. You didn't send your son for nothing. Why then will you not be with us today? It just doesn't make sense. You love us so much. Before we were even born, you were there. Help us to understand how much you love us and who we are in Christ. Help us to take action, to not be conformed to this world, but to use the word of God so that we can say to this enemy, it is written, get away behind me, Satan, because my God is alive. God, help me to spend more time in your word so that I can learn what I have in you. There's so much. I don't want to settle for less. Help me every day to be alert 
when the enemy attacks me that I will not accept it. I will not be deceived. I will take a stand. I will make a difference because I'm the child of the Most High. Thank you for listening. 